Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Hey guys, and welcome to What Was Her Name? The show where I will uncover the stories of domestic abuse survivors. I'm your host, Maya Hoover. Hey guys, and welcome to What Was Her Name? My name is Maya Hoover, and I'm the host of What Was Her Name? Um, I'm here with my friend Serena. Um, wait, are we saying your name? Yeah, you can say my name. Okay. <laughs> We're here with Serena. She's one of my good friends. And uh, yeah, some of the graphics that you've seen on what was her name is actually done by Serena. I think specifically on season four, um, super talented artist. And I'm just super grateful that we're able to talk. And I think we connected originally through the podcast right yes we I think what happened was I was following your Instagram for the podcast Mm -hmm. and utilized it a lot just for my healing journey and you happened to reach out because you saw my artwork up at a coffee shop around here and you're like oh wait you followed me and I'm like oh yeah I do (laughs) yeah so yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our mutual friend was like, I really think that you should connect with her because I think you'd really be friends. And I was like, okay. Um, and here we are. (laughs) So exactly. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like how all of these connections happen. Um, and yeah, obviously, you know, you have, you have like some history within this area and Mm -hmm. I mean, I know bits and pieces, but I'm looking forward to kind of like just unpacking that a little bit more today um so I think the question that I always like to start with is um how did you meet the person that you were in that abusive relationship with so um not the best reflection of me but I actually met him through a friend of mine that he was dating um he was they were casually seeing each other at the time and Um, They kind of lost touch and they stopped seeing each other and then they started kind of seeing each other again. And at that point I was living with this friend and then they, him and her kind of decided they were just going to be friends. He kind of incorporated into our friend group that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, from there we just started a romantic relationship. Okay. Um, And what was he like in the beginning? He was really attentive. Um, it was really intense. It <clears throat> it shifted quickly. Mm-hmm. Like one minute we were friends and then the next minute we were in a relationship. Like it just, it kind of, it just happened really fast. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember feeling like it was just a very intense situation, but feeling like, well, 
you know, he's a nice guy. We're friends. Like maybe because I had known he had liked me for a while. And I was like, maybe this is just what happens, Hmm. you know, but it was, he was really intense in the beginning. Hmm. Intense, like in what way? Um, (laughs) like saying he was obsessed with me, um, saying we were like he's never felt like this ever before in his whole life that he thought he was in love before but he was wrong like this is the first time he's ever just like kind of just like just big declarations like I love you you're so amazing you're just like there's nobody like you um you were like so similar we're like two halves of like the same person like stuff like that does that make sense like kind of soulmate type-esque conversations so just very extreme very Mm -hmm. yes within like a matter of like a month he's giving love bombing for sure (laughs) yeah it's it's giving something that is for sure yeah it's always hard to like to like kind of depict whether or not and I think that's like a big fear that like I've had and I know a lot of other people is like even when they date like post-abuse or if like they're just aware of stories like this they Uh want to make sure that they don't end up missing those types of like red flags and it's like well yeah of course you're going to be like totally just like enamored by the person initially because you're like putting your best foot forward it's exciting but it's like sometimes there's that fear of like oh am I being love bombed or like is this just like a like is this my soulmate and like I don't think there's anything wrong with like necessarily having those thoughts but it's Mm -hmm. like when it when it's very fast and very extreme I think Mm -hmm. it's like yeah unfortunately people can like misuse that and then when you have an initial connection that's like out of this world like indescribable then I mean it's kind of like this heightened high that you're on and even when things begin to flip you're always like trying to get back to that point because you're like well it exactly like this exactly and you're always like you just said you're always trying to get back to that point or get back to that previous time and it can be um when it is love bombing and when the love bombing ends or is not of use anymore it can be very jarring and very confusing Mm -hmm. um because of the sudden shift definitely um I was like only 23 at the time no, no, no. I was, wow, I was only like 22. I had just turned 22. And I'd actually been um, coming off of a another abusive relationship, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, that prior relationship to him was very overtly abusive. Um, I had a few people reach out saying they were worried about me and just kind of the observations they had made between him and I, mm-hmm. I got out of that relationship. So I think what was hard was when you feel so bad for so long and 
you are receiving a treatment that is horrible and then you're shifting into this gear where you're like well this is safe because this person isn't calling me names this person isn't making fun of me this person isn't threatening me or using coercive control on me mm-hmm. right now <laughs> um, but it feels so good like you know you're com- if all you've been experiencing for six to eight months is abuse then you get out of it and then you don't really heal like I didn't heal I didn't take time to be alone like at all mm-hmm. and when I had gotten into it it felt so safe because also he was very dynamic he's extremely talented um he's an artist as well but he was very he is a very shy person he's very reserved so it seems safe right Mm -hmm. because it's a a total shift Mm -hmm. I actually I think that's really interesting that you just said that because I think sometimes like there's maybe like a misconception in our society of like what an abusive person like looks like because absolutely and so I think like that can come in any shape in any form and they can be shy they can be you know introverted or I don't know just like they don't have to necessarily look I don't think anybody I don't know I always used to think that like in even the experience with my ex-husband like he looks Mm -hmm. totally normal like Oh, yeah, totally. We've had this conversation, yeah. Yeah. Like, you would never think it. You would never think it. And people, when I, I always ask, like, in the beginning, um, when I first started airing stories, I'd always ask for a picture of them, just because I was, like, I would sometimes, like, curious. write a space, or I was curious, and I would, like, post it. I stopped doing that with the art, but um, <clears throat> every single time, literally every time, I'm, like, that's him. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah it's like nine times out of ten ten times out of ten Mm -hmm. it's like this amazing smart talented strong woman and then there's just like this measly dude who's like (laughs) (laughs) who does not know all that and I'm like him like he is the one that we're talking about and so it puts things in perspective and I think it's like yeah like they don't need to look a certain type of way for them to be abusive Mm -hmm. no and um and what's interesting too is I think there's kind of like a safety in mm-hmm. believing an abuser will look this way and act this way right because then we can better guard ourselves so to speak mm-hmm. but the reality is and I just had a conversation actually with the friend we met through so the girl he had dated and was my roommate at the time you know we had a conversation about it and she's like I never would have thought like I never and she was like given like you know we didn't actually like get in a relationship but um and she's like our our friendship was very surfacey when they became friends but she said like she never would have she never would have thought it but then she said looking back like hindsight's 2020 of course though and uh she's like you can kind of she's like I can kind of piece it together and you have to keep in mind this was like 2016 and I think psychological abuse just wasn't something that like 
is as like talked about as it is now. Like it's in media now. It's like there's TV shows, books. Um, there's like more psychologists coming out talking about it. But at the time, I don't feel like there was much knowledge about it. Hmm. So we just didn't, you just didn't really like know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think there's definitely like, people are bringing more awareness and they're not afraid to talk about these subjects, which I think is like, like really shaping as a whole. Like I think even just like the youth and the younger society, because they're like being able to be more aware for themselves. And I think like not talking about these things, not having like advocacy that's being done and that's like socially acceptable, I think caused Mm -hmm. a lot of harm and like, I mean, I literally, Act, yeah, totally. So many older people who are still currently in marriages and they're like so unhappy and they're being abused mm-hmm. and they don't even realize yeah. it or they mm-hmm. do, but they're like, it wasn't socially acceptable for them to leave or talk about it. So they're still there. Exactly. Stuck. Or people just talk it up to like, well, this is just an immature relationship. Mm. Like what's going on is just like two people who don't get along or this is just um, childish behavior or. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> when someone is intentionally shifting your reality um, to be able to control you, that's not just immature behavior. It's definitely something, but it's, it goes beyond just like, this is a, this is a juvenile relationship. It, it, it's like some, I think we can like dismiss stuff and just like, oh, that's just drama. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's just you know, she's dramatic. She's just heartbroken. She's just being dramatic about it. But it's like, no, like there's like actual psychological damage that has been done to this person. Mm. Yeah. They're going to have to repair from. Yeah. That was intentionally done to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, as far as you and your ex, like, I know you said that he was, Like initially, obviously things you were connecting and then you noticed that, I mean, things were extreme or it was like very soulmate-esque. When would you say that you realized the first time that you realized that something was wrong? Um, I would say, so I would say it was like the end. So we started dating in February of 2016. I would say by the end of March, I started to notice uh like a pattern Hmm. um it would be like really intense and like I would feel like really loved and really valued and really seen and then the next moment it was like just the fact that I was around was just the worst for him Hmm. like like he couldn't stand being around me and I could not figure it out I was like what am I like what am I doing wrong like, and I would just start to like, but he wouldn't tell me if I was doing anything wrong. <laughs> so I was like, is it that I'm around too much? Is Am I texting him too much? Or like, am I not texting him enough? Like, what, what have I like done? And mm-hmm. I remember just like this coldness, mm-hmm. like just this, just that, this like just general annoyance of my existence and being in the same room with him really bothered him and I remember just like feeling really stressed 
like really, really stressed. Like, like, cause it's just like, I couldn't figure out like, what was it that I was like doing? And it started with small things like kind of comparing me to, cause I was very like in his career field, there's a lot of men mm -hmm. and the men, those guys, the men that were around him were very different from him. And the girls, those men were dating were definitely super different, but they blended into that crowd. If that makes sense what I'm saying, mm -hmm. I did not. And it started kind of off with that, like kind of comparing me to like women, his friends were dating or married to, um, and then started a comment about just kind of generally the way I looked. And um, shortly after we started dating, I went off to work at a camp in Washington at a Christian camp for about six weeks. Maybe it was eight. And during that time, like things were started getting like intense again. So like the distance kind of made things intense. Mm -hmm. But then I remember I, at the time, I just like didn't really have a lot of direction and I was offered a job from someone at the sister camp here in New Mexico. And um, I wanted to take it, but it was in Santa Fe mm -hmm. or close to Santa Fe, which is an hour away. And um I was really excited. It kind of started to feel like I was finally getting direction. And he was just like really like cold about it when I had called him to tell him. And I was like, well, like, what do you think? And he said, well, do you think that's like something you'd be good at? I was like, what? And he was like, it was actually a social media position <laughs> as a social media coordinator, which you know is my job now. Right. And he was like, um, I just don't really feel like that's something that you'd be good at, essentially. And I was like, okay. And then he's like, you know, if you take this job, we can't be together. Like this long distance thing with you in Washington has been really hard. And I know it's only an hour away, but I won't be able to make time to see you because work is so demanding. Mm -hmm. So he told me like, First of all, I don't kind of said like he doesn't think that's really up my alley <laughs> and um, that he felt that if I took the job, we simply just like couldn't be together. Mm -hmm. And that's going to come full circle um, later on. But um, I didn't take the job. I turned it down and it was like the hardest thing because and that's on me because but I thought I was in love and I was like this maybe my one chance at love like. I need to make this work. And the guy who had offered me the job was like, are you sure? Like, I just really feel like you should take it. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, no. Like, I think you could find something better. And he's like, maybe, but like, I liked your portfolio. I've seen your work. Like, I would really like if we could hire you. And he kept offering up until they hired somebody else. Mm -hmm. I remember when they hired somebody else, like I just had the worst pit in my stomach. Like I made a mistake. But at the time I was so infatuated, I was like, well, the payoff is being with this person and maybe like something better will come along. Right. 
because he knows me so well. Like he's saying we're two halves of the same person. He sees things in me or he, he knows things about me that he, no one before me that I've dated, no one before him that I've dated has seen. So he must be right. Like he's, he like, he, but he knows me best. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I thought he did. So it was just kind of a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. But that's when a big shift happened. And then I came home and things were really intense again for a while because we were reunited. And then after a couple weeks, the kind of coldness became more than the warmth, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like his level of like the days he was kind to me and warm and excited to be with me were few and far between. Mm-hmm. And he was more and more irritated to be around me. And around this time, and I would just keep asking him, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what is it? And it would start to become things like about my personality he didn't like, that my personality was too strong. Um, he would always tell me, like, I was too loud and would tell me to, like, lower my voice when we'd be, like, out, especially if we're hanging out with his friends. He would tell me to stop. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, like, I would kind of, like, Whenever I'd be around him, I would intentionally go into it, like almost putting on a mask, like, okay, like this is what he wants. So this is how I'm going to be. I'm going to be more reserved. I'm going to tread lightly. It was like walking on eggshells, like what kind of version of him, of him am I going to get today? Mm-hmm. And um, it, when you like continue to deny yourself and like tenets of your personality that you know are true to fit someone else's mold to make them happy Mm -hmm. it like really eats away at you Mm -hmm. and I remember I around this time I started drinking like really heavily like which I hadn't been doing in a long time like in my early college days I definitely like to have fun then I got my life on track and started making better choices for myself And then around this time, I started picking it up again. And I started drinking like pretty, like, pretty, like, heavily. And I I enjoy wine. I enjoy beer. I can't drink now because I'm pregnant. (laughs) But I um, definitely, looking back, knew I was self-medicating with just getting drunk, like being drunk and just being numb. And because I didn't feel like I was enough. And that's the only time I was honestly comfortable in my skin at that point was when I was drunk. Right. And he didn't like that. Um, and he would get really upset about it. And I'd say like, I'm so sorry, which in a healthy relationship is reasonable, obviously. And, but it wasn't like you're hurting yourself and I love you. And I want you to take better care of yourself. It was like, you're so embarrassing. You're so messy. I can't believe you're like this. I would never act like this in public. Mm-hmm. And it, it was stuff like that, like degrading. And so I would drink more <laughs> and it was just a really vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, around. So basically every day together just became like coldness. And mm-hmm. I would just, because I was going to school at the time. So I'd go to school, go to work, 
literally sit at home and wait for him to text me. And this was worlds apart different from in the beginning when it was this attentive, loving, warming warmth, like caring. I felt safe, like um, introducing him to my parents who are highly critical, loving people mm-hmm. and bringing him around like my siblings, like just kind of like integrating him into my home life. Right. And it got to a point where it felt like I was in a relationship with someone totally different. And I knew a conversation had to happen and I was becoming so unhappy. And I was like, who am I? Like, this isn't who I am. I don't Mm. sit around and wait for someone to text me. This is supposed to be my partner and he's treating me like some guy. I'm just like casually seeing like I'm just some girl he's casually seeing. It was just totally different. Like I hadn't heard like, I love you. And gosh, I think at that point it had been like over a month since I'd even been told like, I love you. And like, I was just taking whatever pieces of him I could get. And the excuse was always, well, work is really busy. And then I'd find out that like, he wasn't at work. He was with his friends. Hmm. And I remember he went to a Friendsgiving with some other artist, I believe from the Santa Fe area. And he wouldn't like invite, wouldn't take me with him. And I was like, I really want to go. I really want to meet these people like you've been hanging out with. And he's like, no, you won't like it. You won't like it. And I was like, are you like embarrassed for me to go? And he's like, you're being like really silly. Like, come on, like, don't be so sensitive about this. And that's going to come back later too. And I said, okay, fine. (laughs) And, um, it was just kind of like he was building this life and there just wasn't room in, in it for me. Hmm. But every time I'd bring up, like, bring it up, it would be like, well, you're you're acting crazy hmm. or you're being emotional and here you are again. Like, why can't you just be like more like this or more like that? And eventually one night I had asked about his house. I said, do you still love me? And he just said, no, I don't. I don't love you anymore. I was crying. I was like, okay, like, I can't be with you if you don't love me. I'm not going to be with someone who doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, well, do you think your parents are in love? And I said, yes. And he said, do you think your parents still love each other? Mm-hmm. And to be, to clarify, he's referring to my mom and my stepdad. And at that point, my stepdad and my mom have been married, had been married for like, gosh, um, five years. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I would hope so. It's only been five years. Right. He's like, right. but he's like, but that's a long time. And you don't think they have to make it work? Don't you like their marriage? Don't you love their marriage? Don't you love their relationship? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, then we should work at this. So he wanted me to stay with him, even though he was telling me he didn't love me. And he also told me he wasn't attracted to me anymore. And that like broke me. Yeah. And we spent all night arguing and I had told him, I don't want to be with you. I'm not going to be with someone who doesn't love me. I remember calling my younger sister the next day and I was so upset. And my sister just said, you would never like allow me to even think about staying with somebody who didn't love me anymore. So why can't you take your own advice? And I just remember my sister being so disappointed and that was enough for me to say, you know, 
I can't be with you. And, um, and this was actually right around Christmas time. So it was a day like, like an evening, a lot like today, like very cold. It was very dark and rainy, just like horrible timing to go through a breakup where there's like little to no sunlight. Mm-hmm. And, um, it wasn't even like a couple days before he started to shift again. So he went from, I don't love you to crying and wanting to stay together. And I kept telling him like, I need to come get my things. Like, please let me just come get my things. And he would ignore me. So he would initiate a conversation about how upset he was. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, okay, but I need to come get my things. And he'd stop texting me and he wouldn't answer my calls. So I finally was just like, I'm going to come at this time to your house when I know you're home and I'm going to come get my things. Mm-hmm. Like I need them back. We're broken up. And when I showed up, he was, um, I just remember him smelling really bad. Mm-hmm. Like he smelled really, really bad. Like he hadn't been showering and he was clearly drunk, clearly high and um, not well shaven. And I just, really was like, I'm going to stay on my ground. I'm not going to be pushed back into this relationship. Like, I'm just not like he said what he said and he needs to hold to his word. Mm -hmm. And these are, this is just the course (laughs) because it's not wrong. If someone doesn't love you anymore, Mm -hmm. that happens. Right. But it's not right to try to keep somebody you don't love in a relationship with you because they're your like comfort animal or something. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, yeah. So I went to get my sweater because he had gotten my stuff together for me. And he had tried to have a conversation about everything that had been going on. He said, No, you said what you said. We're done. And he took my sweater and like got in a fetal position on his bed and like wouldn't give it back to me. And I had to pull my sweater out from under him and he was just crying. He's like, please just stay here with me tonight. I said, fine. Cause when you, cause I still loved him. It wasn't like I stopped loving him. And so I was thinking, okay, maybe he needs it. And by the next morning, he had changed his mind again mm-hmm. and was disgusted and bothered and essentially told me I manipulated myself into the situation Hmm. for us to reunite yeah and I was like what and so that essentially is what happened over the next eight months um we would he would tell me he didn't want to be with me I would be heartbroken Hmm. and then I would move on and heal and then we would come back together whether it was like I was checking in on him because I had a lot of worries about him Mm-hmm. or he would pursue me and then he wouldn't stop pursuing me until I relented and I would go back over to his home mm-hmm. and spend time with him and then within and he would have these big declarations of feelings for me or love or saying he made a mistake and then within like 24 hours we would be back to like the coldness and mm-hmm. saying he didn't want to be with me anymore mm-hmm. um it all kind of came up to a head he like I think it was like August 2017 we had been together not even like a week and he started to pull away again 
and just arguing a lot because he was, because at this point I was so tired and I had found out that he had essentially been seeing another girl at a point. Mm-hmm. And when I had confronted him about it, he denied it. And someone had given me proof that he had. So for about, I think it was eight months. So I'm like backtracking a bit. During one of our off seasons, I found out that it was a lie and he was seeing somebody else or he had not seen somebody else, but he had hooked up with somebody else yeah. that he had denied hooking up with. And when I had point blank asked him if that was the case, he said, no, no. I would never do that to you. I would never hurt you like that. And I believed him. (laughs) uh, This mutual friend um, between her and I brought proof to me. Like, so he had lied about it for about six months. Mm -hmm. And I always had this like aching feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew something had happened. Right. But he kept denying it. And he kept telling me that I was being, um, crazy and hostile mm. and I was paranoid and I was acting like my ex who was abusive <laughs> and by mm. trying to address it with him right. so I was like so what like what, what am I gonna do I don't want to be an abuser I don't want to be controlling right. so I stopped bringing it up and but it would always like be there like just this like gnawing feeling yeah and my friend brought forth proof to me I confronted him he lied about it again and at that point when I confronted him we weren't seeing each other anymore mm-hmm. at that point. And he's like, well, you're just saying this because we haven't talked in a while. You're just like making things up essentially. And I was like, I know you did this. Like, I know this happened. Just tell me the truth. And he kept saying, no, no, no. And I kind of like had to create like a safe space for him. And I said, look, we all make mistakes. I know at the time you were super hurt. Um, all I'm asking is for you to give me the gift of being honest. And mm-hmm. he said, and it took him like two hours and he finally just said, you're right. I did do that. Mm-hmm. I did lie. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I felt like insane. Yeah. And that, so like other girls were kind of beginning to be incorporated into our situation Actually, the last time he asked to get back together, he had just gotten back from a date with another girl. And he had told me it was his cousin that was in town. And I was like, there's no way your cousin's in town. Yeah. And after I, yeah, after I had agreed to re-enter back into the relationship, I just kind of had this feeling to just ask him. And he said, uh, yeah, like I was on a date with somebody else right before you. Hmm. Right before I asked to get back together. I think it's like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's like really, I don't know, just like hearing, hearing your story. I like how you're like sharing it kind of just, uh, we're getting a feel for the beginning and then kind of like how it transpired. And then ultimately, like you said something, you said like that, you feel like that feeling of something kind of like gnawing at you, like you Mm -hmm. didn't have proof that he cheated on you even though you kind of did, to be honest, but like he was denying. I kind of did. Yeah. Him to say to you, I did this. And so I think also like, like from those looking 
from the outside looking in would be like, well, you did have proof. Or even like now in retrospect, you're like, yeah, all these things were in front of my face. But the reason that you needed him to say it was because in the progression of your story, like he slowly was chipping away at your self-confidence. Like, I don't know, you don't really seem like you would be a good fit for that position. Or you're just like your abusive ex or you're just overreacting or, mm-hmm. you know, and so it causes you to not be able to trust obviously your intuition and mm-hmm. like, and you're being gaslit and your reality is being gaslit. And so you feel like you're going insane. And so then when that's presented to you and he's still saying, no, I didn't do that. It's like, you can't really trust. You don't know which way's up and which way's down. And then to like, ultimately hear, oh yeah, actually I have been lying to you. It's like, mm-hmm. well, and to, and to be clear, the, I actually don't have evidence he cheated because the situation, I these situations always happened right after we would break up, but he would be pursuing me to get back together. And then he would suddenly stop. Right. So it's technically, he, he would be like, I technically didn't cheat. Like, mm. well, <laughs> yeah, you were still trying to get back together with me. It's like, and I think that line of like, they kind of create their own rules is what's interesting too, is like, well, it's it's technically not wrong what I did, because even though I was trying to still get back together with you and trying to convince you for us to spend time together, and I knew how you felt about me, I was also seeing other girls. Mm. So I think that... Another thing that was hard about it was she was quite a bit younger than us. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I believe he would have been 27 and she was 19. And that was a really big moral issue for me. And like she had just turned 19, if I'm remembering correctly. And that, and you know what field he's in, but I'm not going to be specific about it. But uh, that's a huge deal considering he knew her through his work um like one of his and so I believe she was a client of a of another of a co-worker Hmm. if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah it does Mm -hmm. so (laughs) we're like having two different conversations (laughs) I know it's kind of funny it's like like we're kind of like we're like you know the details but um (laughs) I know my yeah. just, I'm like oh, I I'm like I also can't edit this so I'm like I'm like I so many yeah, yeah. Thing, or like comment yeah. I'm like uh also just for those who are listening we're definitely we're definitely not sitting here at 10 p.m the night before <laughs> <laughs> we definitely like did aren't just like uh doing this like totally last night it's, it's not that last, last minute it's no, like a week really. for sure ahead of the time that you're listening yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just pretend just just pretend with us just pretend. <laughs> gaslight us. I'm just kidding that's a joke uh, <laughs> you have to laugh sometimes <laughs> sometimes you look back and you're just like this that was like so ridiculous um so that's all you can do sometimes is laugh because you can't go back and change it mm. um but yeah essentially the relationship ended because the abusive ex before him um, started contacting me again mm. through, cause he was 
blocked, but he found a way to contact me. And that was pretty traumatic. And he had known about this ex. Well, unfortunately, you know, what you would want from a partner post-abuse, obviously not the abusive partner, but your partner after the abuse is for that partner to um, support you. Mm -hmm. But there was nothing but shame and something that my abusive ex prior to him would do was um, he had photos of me and would threaten to send them to people I loved. Mm -hmm. And this partner that we're talking about, he was really upset to hear that, but not because of what was happening to me, Mm -hmm. but because that those photos even existed Mm -hmm. and said he didn't want to be with me or he had, he felt like I tricked him because I didn't fully, I wasn't fully transparent about the abuse and that it made him essentially look bad that this ex-partner had those photos of me and I was I just remember being really scared because I started working at a job I really loved and I was repairing a relationship with my parents Mm -hmm. and I just remember crying and just being so scared and he was just like how come you Serena like how come you didn't tell me about this before? I'm, I feel like totally blindsided. And it became all about him and how he felt and how he felt betrayed. And to clarify, this other partner had photos of me from when I was with that guy, not from when I was with him. Like, it had nothing to do with him, but it became about him. He's like, well, I need time to think about this, if this is, like, something I even want to deal with. And... um a week, two weeks went by, we broke up, and then it was very emotional, and then the following day, we saw each other again to talk about it, and it was emotional again, and it was just like, it was just something you don't want to do, mm-hmm. and then he said, you know, I think I need help, because I did definitely get the courage at that point to call him out and just say you know this is what I've been through these past this year and a half and this behavior of this didn't this abuse didn't happen to you it happened to me like I would expect more from someone who claims to be so compassionate and so kind and he essentially said well I know there's something not right with me. And I was like, what does that mean? And he started to tell me stories about how when he would, um, he used to work at a restaurant as a manager and he would give his employees the silent treatment in order to control them. Hmm. And those were his words. And he said, I don't know why I do it. I don't know. It's just the, It's just what I do. And I think I need to figure that out. I said, okay. And so he essentially in a way admitted to it and said he was going to get help. And then three weeks later, I found out he was seeing someone who was living in Santa Fe. Hmm. And as you recall from what I told you, what was the reason he told me I couldn't take that job? Because it was in Santa Fe and he didn't want to do long distance. 
Yeah. And so it had, it, it had nothing to do with anything. And, um, I just said to him, you know, I wish you the best. I know you're seeing somebody. I just cut it super dry and was like, I wish you the best. Um, I'm sorry if there's bad blood between us mm-hmm. because at that point he had started to like screenshot photos. My friends were taking of me out with friends mm-hmm. and my friends would see, this is back when like Snapchat was the thing. And you could see at the time that someone was screenshotting what you were posting. And a friend of mine was like, Hey, like he's keeping tabs on you. Like, do you want me to block him? And I was like, that's probably best. Mm -hmm. And, um, he was, he was blocked. So he's unable to contact me, but I just unblocked him and said, Hey, I know you're seeing somebody. Um, I'm really sorry if you feel like me being out with my friends was hurtful, which I don't know why I'd even apologize for that, but what can you do? And I said, I wish you the best and I hope you get the help you need. And I think the last thing he said is like, there can never be bad blood between us. I was only taking those screenshots because I was confused. And that's when I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. And so I just blocked him and I never spoke to him again. Wow. And that was that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like this, I don't know, this dynamic of like, I mean, it's like season five so like we're hearing we have I think something that's really beautiful about this space and really unique is that if you listen from like start to finish or I mean even if you jump around but if you listen to these episodes it's like they all are so unique because it's like a different everybody's different everybody has no story is going to be the same but it's like just textbook behavior and I'm like listening mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm-hmm, yep. And then let me guess. And then, yeah, oh, yeah, he, you know. It, it gets a little predictable, yeah. But not even like, <laughs> it, not even like predictable so much as it, as it's like, it's like there's, yes, I guess it is predictable, but also it's like, I'm, it's like, I'm just like <laughs> mind blown because I'm like, I, I just, like even the other night like you and I were sitting here and I was like what does he look like and you like sent me his Instagram and I was like this is him and I was like him this this guy because it's like he like you're great you're amazing like obviously you know I like I love like love you a lot and like I just am like listening to this story and it feels like this isn't even you and it's like so crazy to even think that this was like something that existed in your life because I mean like you smack me when you're like no like this guy isn't like this guy you're like no don't be treated like that or like no don't entertain that or whatever like you smack me and mm-hmm. so it's like hearing you and hearing your story and like I think just hearing it from start to finish I'm like oh like so many things click of like kind of even like advice that you've given me or spoken into me and it's like textbooks right. that I continue to hear over and over and over again and yeah it's predictable mm-hmm. but it's also just like no matter how many times I hear it I still sit here just like jaw dropped because I'm like how did like guys continue to get away with this and it's like really such a mind fuck to be like having an experience initially where you think that somebody could be your soulmate 
and they're really intentional with you. And then Mm -hmm. something that you pointed out that like, I don't think I've heard a lot of people talk about actually on the episodes um, is like kind of like a stonewalling behavior where they don't Mm -hmm. communicate what's wrong. And then you're, you find yourself yeah searching and begging and kind of I don't know like you're backtracking in your own mind what did I do did I do Mm -hmm. anything wrong and Mm -hmm. you learn how to like read their body language because you're trying to like yeah prepare Prepare. yourself um and I think this here even like in the ways that the abuse manifested in your in your daily life you said you're suspicious mm-hmm. of the people that were close to you. Um, yes, super suspicious of people who are close to me. I felt like I could never be fully happy about things because it felt like I didn't have the power to say no if he came back. Mm-hmm. And I remember the summer of 2017 him and I weren't talking like he had told me like I don't want to be with you um we're not a good fit and all fair things to say to somebody Mm -hmm. um except it would change (laughs) all the time um it would go from we're not a good fit I don't want to be with you um comparing pretty much almost calling me desperate and then I would be like, okay. And I'd eventually just give up and say, okay. And then I'd be done. And then it would be like, well, can you meet up? Can you, he would have a reason for us to see each other or he would keep contacting me until I finally like relented mm-hmm. and agreed to see him. And then it would be these declarations. But summer of 2017, I had kind of developed a different friend group. I really decided, you know what? And we've talked about this. I'm going to dedicate 30 days to not looking at his stuff, not talking to him, focusing on me, trying new things and just enjoying life. Like I just wanted to enjoy life again and be done with the cycle. Mm-hmm. And I just started having a lot of fun and being friends with girls who are super cool. Um, and just in, like, cause nothing is more powerful than like a positive female friendship. And then when you have a lot of them and they're new, it's really exciting. And I swear, like, five good girlfriends can, like, ease heartbreak so quickly, in my opinion. And I felt like I had that. And I was having a lot of fun. And then I remember I could – I always had this feeling of, like, I wasn't ready to, like, fully let go, though. And then he came back around. And wanted to see me, which was probably a result of, in my opinion, I can't prove it, but probably a result of seeing me improving upon my life and enjoying life without him. Hmm. Like there wasn't space in my life anymore for him. So he made sure there was space. Right. And I wanted to get back together. And it was the worst, like, honestly, one of the worst two weeks of my life. And I'm someone who has been through, I've lost a parent. um when I was 16 my dad passed away from cancer I've had like miscarriage I've had a miscarriage um you know I'm married now and you know my just kind of our family dynamic and what my husband and I experience 
not to my husband's fault, <laughs> but um, I've been through some pretty hard things. <laughs> and um, that is up there with like a pretty rough two weeks, honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it feels like when I talk about this point in my life, I don't feel like I'm even talking about myself if I'm being honest, hmm. which is because I'm so far removed. It's almost 2024 now. I'm married. I have a little boy. I'm pregnant again with another boy. Um, definitely will be sure to not be raising boys who act this way uh, <laughs> that I've talked about <laughs> on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, it feels like a lifetime ago. And just talking with my friend today, like the friend we met through, him and I, mm-hmm. just like her and I were just like, it just feels like it was just worlds ago. But I think it's important to talk about because I think that yeah, like I, it definitely affected me. I will say this for me personally, the abuse I had experienced prior was verbal and started to become physical. And that was obvious. And it was a, it was someone who was kind of like, you know, the stereotypical abuser, you know, like sleeping with the enemy type Mm -hmm. of abuser. And would almost be glad to treat like to he was happy he'd brag about it mm-hmm. that kind of overt abuse compared to the covert abuse I experienced the covert abuse has stayed with me so much longer and still to this day like lingers mm-hmm. with me does that make sense yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah no it does I think like Yeah, I think there's this misconception that when you like get out of a toxic abusive relationship that you're going to be out of it and like to an extent you are but your mm-hmm. central nervous system isn't. And right. Like that's like I think that's part of like the biggest things that fuels this podcast is like that I think that there's a lot of advocacy when it comes to like physical abuse and like there's pamphlets out there that talk about you know I don't know like warning signs to look out for like the very basic things like okay like if mm-hmm. someone like punches a wall or is like throwing right across the room like mm-hmm. that is like naturally going to be like oh danger like aggression like they aggression. they only talk about aggression they don't talk right. about the actual like, like emotional cycle. yeah mind warping and mm-hmm. it's like once I started to realize like oh wait like that's abuse too and also mm-hmm. like the advice that like so many people are giving in the church or I mean, mm-hmm. I mean heck even some counselors honestly like that I've come across or friends that are like uneducated because why would they be educated on this if they haven't had to like walk mm-hmm. through it and it's like we have to like start talking about these things because they live inside of our like that trauma lives inside of our bodies and it's extremely harmful towards us and like the longer that you stay in a relationship that's like emotionally and psychologically abusive 
it really does impact like your central nervous system and impacts your ability to trust other people in the future, listening to your intuition. It affects Mm -hmm. your mental health, Mm -hmm. your physical health. Like you could even over time develop a mental illness, like um, bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. Like you could have a stroke. Mm -hmm. I had a stroke. Like it's like, we are not like just bound to like they're aggressive. And so therefore you are unsafe and should Mm -hmm. remove yourself. No, you should also remove yourself if they're like emotionally toxic because that over time is extremely detrimental to your health. And I think too, the, the way that I would kind of explain the relationship was it was very dehumanizing Mm -hmm. Um, because it was, I was um, a thing to keep around to boost an ego that's how I felt. And um, what I think, and I cannot speak for who he is now. Um, I can only speak for who he was then. And really, in reality, I'm not really speaking so much about him, but my, my experience. Hmm. And what's hard too about emotional abuse is you can still totally love that person because under like for me unpacking and understanding why like what had happened and transpired um took me months mm-hmm. months because I just chalked it up to he's a really lost person he hasn't figured it out yet um like I hope he heals like I, like I knew something about it wasn't right but I didn't I wouldn't at the time had called it abuse. Mm-hmm. And so it took me months, months to start healing and getting over it. And I had to like essentially fall out of love with him and stop mm-hmm. loving him to start seeing things clearly. And mm-hmm. so once I stopped seeing, once I stopped, because you do eventually fall out of love with people. It's totally, you can always love have love for someone Mm -hmm. but you know over time like when you're not contacting them and talking with them and you're going no contact you begin to start to reevaluate yeah yeah and um I yeah it took me a while and then it unfortunately wasn't until because I met my husband for well I had known my husband at the time we were coworkers, but we didn't, we started dating not very long after four months and gosh, looking back, like my husband took a lot of the brunt of a pain he didn't cause, mm-hmm. <laughs> which like makes me so sad, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Because there are good men and they don't deserve to like receive all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah it's hard but um I like remember telling my husband who's my boyfriend I was like talking to him about it I was like I think I was abused again and he's like you think (laughs) and so (laughs) he was really sweet but he was like he's like sweetheart I really think you need to go speak to somebody and I said and I just remember being in so much denial like no way this happened back to back right like no way this happened back to back Mm -hmm. 
Like how embarrassing, and I'm not saying it is embarrassing because it's not, mm-hmm. but I was so embarrassed and yeah. I didn't, and I just remember being like, calling one of my good friends and saying like, I think I was abused. And I started telling her things and she's like, I had no clue that was happening. Why didn't you tell me that? Mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't tell you that. She's like, no, you didn't tell me any of this. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize like how much I had been like hiding. Like I innately was like inherently, you know, innately, inherently like it was my go-to to like hide some of his behaviors from people close to me mm-hmm. without realizing how like jacked up it was. Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. No, it does. One thing I wanted to backtrack on is you said like that, like, like good men take the brunt of it I think like I feel like that's like pretty accurate like dating a safe person um they mm-hmm. like experience like the repercussion of that but I also right. think it's really beautiful because like you and your husband are like I mean someone like you both are people I like like I look up to your marriage and like just I don't know like the calling that God's placed on like your life like both of your lives is like really beautiful and so I think it's like really it always just makes me feel like really hopeful whenever like I come across people who've like gone through abusive relationships and really toxic situations and then they can be like yeah but I am like on the other side of it and like this is like the healthy relationship I have um but I think like a huge misconception is like oh I went through it once so like it's not going to happen again or like there's no way that I'll let it happen again and Mm -hmm. it's always something I say on here is like when people are like oh um nobody like nobody ever expects to like be abused (laughs) like I think (laughs) a lot of judgment from people whether they mean to or not and I mean many do actually mean to um (laughs) to be honest like on TikTok I mean, there's a lot of like, pretty- oh gosh, I can't even stay on your TikTok comments for too long. You've seen me comment back. <laughs> I'm and like, like most of the time, back. it's just funny. Like, I'm like, okay, Trish, like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, Susan, you know, like, take it up with, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's you, you know, the judgment is so real. And they're like, oh my gosh, like, you knew he was Why a Why did you stay? Why? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm like, you're like, you're such an idiot, obviously. Oh yeah. my gosh. Right. And I'm like, you know, I didn't ever plan on being abused. Um, and I also did. Yeah. I did not actually set out to uh, experience this. Right. Thank you. Even being abused. And it's like, mm-hmm. you especially don't expect to like be abused a second time and mm-hmm. be in like another toxic and emotionally unhealthy relationship two times in a row, but it happens. And like when. Right. There. It does. It can. It can happen three times in a row. It's really sad. It can. Yeah, it. There's no like amount of times, and it's like okay, like I did my due gil- due gil- due. Oh my gosh, it's late. Due diligence. Diligence. Don't have to like be abused anymore. Like it doesn't work uh-huh. like that. And mm-hmm. like something that, like, um, Caroline, my mentor says is like she's always like talking to me. Something that I really like that she said. Uh. What? Love Caroline, big fan. I know. <laughs> I love Caroline. Caroline, if you shout listening. out to Caroline. Shout out to Caroline Merkelham because she's freaking amazing. Um, but she told me that when she was like married for like 
uh, you know what? You guys just go listen to our episode. It's on um season four, season three, and it's the Craigslist files. Her story is incredible, and she was married for a oh, very yeah, so so crazy. Yeah, so crazy. One of the craziest stories like I've literally ever heard. And um, like she was married for a really long time, and uh, when she finally left, she said that like when she was dating, that any time that her body felt like misaligned with somebody like she would just like remove herself and end it. And I was like, well, wait, <laughs> like you, you know, <laughs> time that you like feel misaligned with somebody. Cause like, what if you're wrong? She was like, mm-hmm. I had been so far removed from my body and honoring it, that it was worth yeah. it to make a mistake. I was okay yes. with making a mistake. If it meant honoring my body rather than mm-hmm. putting myself through this again. And eventually my body learned that I was going to listen to it when it was telling me something was wrong. And mm-hmm. I was like, damn. But like, I was like, but what do you do if it's like the right person? And she's like, if it's the right person, then then they came back and people circled back around. But none of those people were actually the right person for her. And she right. gave me that advice. She was like, you know, it's like extreme advice. But I think that's like really brave to be able to like when you get out of abuse and you start dating mm-hmm. again to be willing to walk away from something. And like, I definitely don't have that, have that figured out right now. Like, as yeah. you know, as you know and I'm, <laughs> I'm I really do personally. Yes. <laughs> and it's so dang hard, but it's like, it's it is like hard, really beautiful and really brave. And when she told me that I was like, I was like, dang, what if we really just listened to our bodies and honored, you know, that response that our body's giving us of like mm, something doesn't feel right about this or I know that right. they're saying that they're not cheating on me but like something's not adding right. up and I can't get rid of that non-feeling and I'm just exactly. gonna like take a leap of faith here and mm-hmm. listen to my body and remove myself and mm-hmm. I think that's like even it doesn't even have to be something massive it could just be like I don't know I just don't have or we just don't click or we just don't have this thing in common or right. like I told you that story, my uh, story about how a guy I had dated briefly mm-hmm. after um, my ex-partner, like he had put me on the spot to pay for like a cinnamon roll for him. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is so weird. I'm not going back to this. And I was like, I can't. It's like, and I'm sure he's a decent guy. I'm, I'm sure he, he's, he, like he kind of was checking all the boxes, but I was like, you know, I was like, I am so tired. Mm. I cannot go back. <laughs> I was like, this was too much. I'm out. <laughs> and my friends were like, what is like, was that really like a no go? Like, it was a no go for me, girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. He could pay for his own cinnamon roll. It was just like, I don't roll like that. I don't like being put on the spot, but it felt weird. It felt emotionally weird to me. And were you like, did you just say that? Wait, what? Was that a pun that was intended or did you not? No, what did I say? That I don't roll like that. (laughs) No, it's too late. I'm like, it's too late. Like dad jokes. It's so embarrassing. (laughs) Don't air this. Scratch the whole thing. Throw the whole thing out. You said he wouldn't pay for my cinnamon roll. I don't roll like that. (laughs) He wanted me to pay for his cinnamon roll. Either way, you do not roll like that. None of us no, listening. It was weird. Wants you to pay for <laughs> cinnamon roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but with my husband, it did take time for me to like 
fully trust, even though he didn't really like give me a reason to not trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also found myself being pretty like, like trying to almost destroy the relationship a couple times. Mm-hmm. And my husband has his own experiences that unfortunately like made him weary of entering into is it weary worry you get what I'm saying it's like weary yeah yeah whatever that's what we're deciding it is (laughs) you don't like it whatever (laughs) (laughs) accept it as it is don't gaslight me (laughs) sorry actually I think it is worry just kidding worry oh my gosh stop (laughs) (laughs) um he and he was also kind of like unsure all the time Hmm. and there's a I'd say I wouldn't say there's a big age difference um the way you reacted acted like it was like I was dating a senior citizen (laughs) but my husband's (laughs) only nine years older than me (laughs) and I was like a hot mess 23 year old and he was just like and I was just crying, blubbering. I was, like, really a mess because I was really going through it. And he was, like, it's okay. Like, you know what? We all got on these things. And my husband definitely didn't have any room to be picky. So, <laughs> um, he, I'm just kidding. He, uh, he really held my hand through a lot of it. And he, still to this day, like, I tell him what happens. And, like, I, when I filled out your outline, I was, like, I am so pissed. <laughs> like, every time. Because... You never, like, you may heal and you may forgive, but you're always like, oh my gosh, like, a year and a half of this? I'm exhausted typing this, like, the drama. And I was, like, telling my husband, kind of, like, I always, like, forget about these things until I have to, like, address it with somebody or bring it up. Because I do bring it up with girls who I see who are going through it. Like, I, you you know that I'm quick to be like, um, so I'm gonna just going to be real with you. This straight up sounds like so-and-so. And you're like, no way. And it's like, no, like, it's almost the same. Like this, I think this is what I think you're being emotionally abused. Yeah. So you should probably uh, not see that person anymore. <laughs> and it's like, every time I bring it up, my husband's so sweet. I tell him and he's like, oh, he's like, what an asshole. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> like, he's one of the girls. Like, he's just one of the girls. He's a little of the girl. He's like a girly pop. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what an asshole. <laughs> I'm like, right. Like, right. <laughs> Suck. he's such a loser <laughs> yeah but um yeah it's yeah I think that we both made a lot of good points and we're very wise and we're very well informed and you should listen to her all the time <laughs> me it's good yeah everyone should listen oh. to you all the time oh. like, no her Mia I'm like, like, myself in third person now like, Caroline like I'm like who are we talking Caroline about? No, definitely listen to Caroline. Caroline knows listen to Caroline. No, listen to Caroline. Maybe not so much us, but definitely listen to Caroline. We're just in the mouth. Anything that we say is is from Caroline, anyways. So Caroline has basically become um, my mentor via. (laughs) She's like a secondary. We're just yeah. She's just like kind of secondary, like second removed cousin, almost like she's just sharing all her. like mentor information with me like that's so good I'm gonna take a screenshot and just like I'm always I'm like, myself and, and, like and, and Caroline said and Caroline said this and she's constantly like in my head I'm like I can like see her little floating head sometimes she's like you should really drink ice water to regulate your nervous system <laughs> whenever we get into it about like stuff because we can be 
you know, we can be a, uh, we could be a, uh, we'd be petty sometimes if we wanted to be <laughs> in private. But I just hear Caroline in the back, like, it doesn't matter. The details don't matter. And I'm like, oh. Like, but they do. Okay. <laughs> but they kind of do. And they're kind of like low key, a little funny sometimes. So, um, <laughs> Okay, wait, I have my last question for you, which is, uh, what are your visions and dreams? Um, wait, two things. What is something you can do now, but couldn't do then? Oh, gosh. So I can, that was kind of a hard one to answer, but I can live at peace mm-hmm. um, and without shame. Because whether I understood I was being abused or not, I lived with like a lot of shame and I felt, and I was like, I just, I didn't feel like I was like, I knew I was hiding. I was hiding a lot of things from my mom, who I have a really good relationship with my sister, who I have a really good relationship with my mentors, like my best friends. Like I was just living in shame and, um, I can now live more aligned with myself. And I am, and I don't think the end goal is to be in a healthy relationship with somebody else, but with yourself. Hmm. But because I am in a healthy relationship with someone, there's just like pieces of me that have blossomed since then. I just don't think would have happened. Like that art you saw at the coffee shop, like I would have never done that in that relationship with him. Mm -hmm. I just never would have. And um, just the fact that I even had an opportunity like that, I was like, wow, it's like, I remember hanging up the artwork and just being like, this is insane. Like I never would have, like had the guts at the time to even like do that you know and to his credit like when he was healthy and he could be kind and he was working in a space where he felt good about himself could be an amazing partner but it was mm-hmm. contingent upon how he felt about himself right. so it wasn't all bad but a lot of it was <laughs> so I do want to say, like, just because it's good sometimes doesn't mean it's good enough. Yeah. Good sometimes isn't good enough. Dang. Yeah. Um, what do you feel like are your visions and dreams now moving forward? Gosh, it's, like, kind of crazy because I was thinking about this the other day. I, I weirdly, I don't think you should ever stop dreaming or ever stop having like visions for yourself but about the way you want to grow as a person mm-hmm. but I feel like in a lot of ways I I am living the life I envisioned and dreamed for myself honestly um like I would definitely love to do my art more I would definitely love to advocate for younger women more um not even younger women like just women in general because even like women I know I unfortunately know women who are in their 40s who and 50s and 60s like you said who are in marriages like this Mm -hmm. and um just doing more stuff like this like being more brave and being okay with like you know what maybe someone's gonna listen to this and think I'm annoying (laughs) maybe someone's gonna turn this podcast off and say like wow too much and that's okay I'm like I just want to be more comfortable in my skin and and maybe it's because I'm 30 now, but that's my vision is like, I just for so long wasn't comfortable with who I was and just, and I think I've like shared this with you, just like being told I have a strong personality used to hurt me like so deeply. 
but now mm-hmm. it's like you know what I do have a strong personality like fuck it like it's just that's the way it is <laughs> it's just the reality <laughs> and being like you know what that's the way God made me that's just who I am like definitely like don't use it as an excuse to be unkind but um use it to advocate for others I would say more of that for sure I think that's beautiful that you're kind of like living in the things you at one point dreamed about like now and like obviously Mm -hmm. there's more things and more dreams and opportunities that will happen but like I don't know you just have like a really sweet life and like obviously it's like no one's life is perfect but I think like right it's and you, like, you know the struggles and yeah the day-to-day thing long time coming to be in this space and it's like it's really beautiful honestly yeah I really appreciate you saying that because I'm like very transparent obviously with you and um unfortunately I think I'm a little transparent with too many people <laughs> whoever's this could be like uh this is her being like not transparent (laughs) um yeah this is actually me holding back quite a bit um (laughs) Maya's like uh keep it clean and don't act crazy (laughs) I'm like we have no time to edit any I don't have time to edit this please don't make me go back um yeah that means a lot because sometimes I think my life is very honestly like I hate to say it like it's spectacularly mundane like I work full-time I really enjoy my job though it's a crazy season in my job right now um and I'm about to go on maternity leave and I'm super pregnant and super uncomfortable um I'm just enjoying like yeah just life and I'm enjoying like my husband and my family and just yeah it's like my life is super mundane I wake up I my husband and I like get our son ready drop him off at daycare we go to work we work together we come home we make dinner we watch tv we go to bed and it just feels like mundane but it it feels simple and safe and I, I kind of love it you know what I mean and um I think I was really attracted to chaos for gosh like such a long time like I felt like it wasn't good enough if it wasn't chaotic and there couldn't be passion unless there was chaos and that's just not true and I think I just yeah I just really enjoy the simplicity of my life I'm just happy with how it is dang I think that's beautiful it's like even in the mundane like that's kind of like what you've wanted like Mm -hmm. you didn't always know that that's what you wanted and like maybe that was seen as like boring at one point but now you because you know what it's like to like you know not have that and that consistency is actually really beautiful and honestly kind of rare to be honest and so yeah and I think I'm beginning to realize that more and more that it is rare Mm -hmm. and something I did tell him when we broke up for the final time I told him I really hope you're sure of this decision because unlike in the past I will not be here if you change your mind and I'm going to find somebody who appreciates me and who wants to be with me like and I hope you take me seriously because I'm telling you the truth Mm -hmm. because I am done and that's kind of one of the last things I said to his face 
Well, I know it's the last thing I said. It's not kind of it. It was the last thing I said in person to him. And um, yeah, like, and I did it. And like, at the time, I remember saying it and thinking like, uh, like, I don't know if you're brave enough to do it. But I was and I was brave enough to finally say, I can't do this anymore. I can't live like this anymore. I'm getting too, like, I was, I wasn't too old for it. But like, at 23, you do feel like you're a little too old for that. And you're just like, I'm sick of like, being this way. I'm sick of living this way. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, 100%. I think, like, <clears throat> yeah, I think you just get tired of it. And sometimes I think it takes, like, getting tired of it in order to, like, break those patterns and, like, choose something different and be willing to, like, kind of step out of that, like, mm-hmm. familiarity or that, like, chaotic comfort zone which is like odd like mm-hmm. those chaos and comfort together but I think there is mm-hmm. like a chaotic comfort zone and like people find comfort in the chaos unfortunately and I think too like I think this this is pretty much the first time I've ever like publicly spoken about it and there's been so much hesitancy around it because I know I knew his because I don't know him now I don't he, he could be totally healed now and I hope and I pray that's the case I don't want him to be that way forever. I don't want another couple women to go through what I went through. Like, of course not. And I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, he's grown in some ways. I mean, he has to, you hope they do. Um, And I'm not doing this to get back at him. I'm doing this to just kind of shed light on like, Hey, like this is something that isn't just romantic drama. And this isn't something these off and on again, relationships that are so romanticized should not be romanticized because why are you on and off again why are you hot and cold like what is going on because that's not how a relationship should be and I think that we are quick to protect abusive men who have traumatic past especially as women because I feel like women (laughs) can like laugh but I'm going to say this but women can be naturally nurturing I know I hate that when people say that. <laughs> like, gross. It gives me the ick. Um, you should edit out, Serena. Just kidding. <laughs> like, I'm not editing anything. <laughs> but uh, uh, that we could be quick to protect them, even though they've done wrong, because we're like, well, they had, you know, their dad was like this, or their dad was like that, or, you know. But it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't, if we want to really protect vulnerable men because men can be vulnerable too and experience abuse too um we need to start being honest about that this is how you don't act regardless of your circumstances regardless of your upbringing the expectations need to be higher for men and for young men and I think that we're just quick to make a lot of excuses for men um and I think that it's just it gets it's just something that's not really actually progressing anything forward and um I don't know I doubt he'll ever hear this and that's totally okay with me I'm kind of hoping he doesn't but my thing is like too is like finding peace is like I could definitely look back and be upset about the situation but I'm not so much upset with the person as much as the situation itself and Mm -hmm. whenever I and just the fact that like stories like this are so common 
you know what I mean? It just makes me so sad. But I think that's that's why we have these conversations. Exactly. I was gonna say, like, I think that's why we have like this space and these conversations and just like bringing awareness and I think like people are gonna resonate with pieces of your story that you know may feel unique to you but someone else may hear that and be like huh like I never really is that not normal or like huh well (laughs) it's not no (laughs) it's not if it's anything like this story it is not normal it's not normal it's not normal please don't make excuses for it please don't try to find inconsistency please don't try to say well she said this but you know my guy actually does that but he also does it's like no it's all the same (laughs) yeah if this resonates with you you need you need to get out yeah or just yeah talk to someone that you trust and like really be real right but what's Mm -hmm. happening um i'm super grateful that you came on we <laughs> over time, I didn't expect yeah. to last because it's you and I. Um, but <laughs> it is definitely yeah. not ten forty-five at night, the night before this episode airs in about in two hours. Um, but and you're just gonna all pretend like it's not, <laughs> and you're all gonna be okay with this unedited podcast. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> she could have. Hey, she could have skipped this week. She could have said, like, you know what? I'm just not gonna do it. <laughs> she could have re-aired her abuse story. I, you guys, <laughs> like my fourth different story of my life. <laughs> she was um, like, just as a recap, we're just gonna do a small recap. <laughs> this this week. Just kidding. Um. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, but I'm super grateful that you came on on such last on such a short notice um yeah for just various reasons but um I'm excited to like air your story and just for to hold on hold it in this space because like I mean I'm holding like different women's stories and that was beautiful um but like holding like people who I call like my dear friends and like holding them in this space is like really I don't know it just means a lot to me um, and so it sucks that this is like even a thing and that like this is a story that you resonate with but um, I'm just grateful that you spoke about it and that you're here with me today um, so if you have if anyone listening has um, just like anything even feedback that they want to say um, we'd always love to hear the feedback uh, you can message me and then I can uh, pass over this feedback to Serena um I know that we'd love to hear like how these stories impact you and like if you feel like this pertains to maybe somebody else that could relate to this um sharing the podcast is like a really special way even if like you may not know how to like tell someone like yeah I think you're like in a really toxic relationship like you could always just like send an episode or just send the podcast in general um and (laughs) like letting them so, it may not be the most discreet way to do it, but it's it it's better to do it than not do it. Probably. Yeah, it's better to not do it. And like sometimes you just people just like don't know what to say, and it's like sometimes mm-hmm. maybe you don't need to say anything. And like this, these are there are resources here in this space for you. Um, right. Again, I'm super grateful that you came on, and um, well, I'm grateful for you, and I'm grateful that you continue to do this and you continue to push. And you know, you know how I feel about you. 
I've sent you many audio messages, so they don't need to know about that. <laughs> I'm not like a very intimate person. So like when I feel like propelled to be intimate in front of you, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> so my husband tries to hug me in front of our coworkers. I'm like, ew. <laughs> it gives me the ick. Um, but I love you and I'm I'm just like very I'm just so proud of you for how you continue to just can just do this and hold space for other women despite what you have experienced and yeah it would be easy for you to quietly go into the night but you don't and yeah like this is just a really good space for women to come together and talk about the various experiences they've had with an abuse and I'm just glad these discussions are happening did you say quietly go into the night (laughs) <laughs> yeah, quietly go into the night. Well, I've said that's been like my phrase. I said, didn't I say that to you earlier today and yesterday? Like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, quietly, just like that's what I think about when I think about like women being silenced. They just want us to like quietly just shut up, go into the night, just disappear, just like accept that this is what happened and just shut up. <laughs> and you're like, um, no, I'm actually not going to shut up. <laughs> actually, I'm going to stand on top of the table and <laughs> top of my lungs. I'm gonna flip my chair over and then I'm gonna get on the table yeah actually yeah all right guys um thank you for being here in this space I hope that um yeah I hope that you guys have a good Christmas with your families uh just being aware that this time can be I don't know it can be sensitive it can also be triggering for some um Mm -hmm. if you find yourself currently in an abusive dynamic uh I think it's important to have things in place such as uh people who you trust friends who are aware of your situation as well as being aware that sometimes like abusive behavior does increase around the holidays um based on stressors or even just I don't know ruining for the sake of ruining uh special times and so uh just being aware of that and putting things in place to help yourself regulate. Um, if you do not know um, and you need some more resources on season four, you can find a bunch of different episodes with those resources available for you. Um, but I hope that you guys have a good Christmas. I love you guys. Thanks for listening and tune in next Thursday for the next episode. Thanks guys. <laughs>